Welcome into another edition of the Checkerboard Chat. I am Ryan Schumpert, the co-sports editor here at the Daily Beacon, joined as always by my other co-sports editor, Ryan Cruz. As we'll talk a little bit of Tennessee basketball today. The Vols go one and one on the last week, dropping a disappointing one Saturday to Kentucky, 77 to 64, before bouncing back yesterday with their most emphatic win of the season, an 82-60 one win over Arkansas. We'll also get into a little bit of Lady Vols talk. It's been a slow week for them. They just just Played just one game, a 72-55 loss at Mississippi State as they get prepared for a big game tomorrow or tonight when you will be listening to this Thursday night against LSU. And then we'll get into a little bit of football coaching news. As last week we talked about, we thought the Vols were done on the assistant coach shuffle. And then two new spots come open and get filled early this week. So plenty to get to, Ryan. Uh, first starting off, what's your kind of big takeaways from Tennessee's basketball week as a whole? Well, the Kentucky game started out well. Uh, I thought they had the right momentum. They had things going well. It's just the talent of Kentucky overwhelmed them. Uh, and then I thought, you know, they played pretty well uh, against Arkansas, as evidenced by the score. Uh, but I think it's, you know, great building blocks for later on, for continuing on this momentum. Yeah, it really, I mean, the score, 77-64, was really a little more lopsided than that game was. Tennessee didn't lead for much of it, didn't, wasn't right in the hunt of it the whole time, but they were within striking distance till really the last minute and a half of that game. And like you said, it had an athletic advantage. Kentucky had really gave Tennessee a lot of problems. The Wildcats shot 54% from the field, 50% from three-point range, and where I think that's, they just made, they just hit five of ten threes, and I think that's really where Kentucky was so good Saturday is they were so patient on offense. They knew they had the athletic advantage. They knew Tennessee's guards were going to struggle to guard Manuel quickly, who went for 18 points. They were going to st- struggle to guard Tyrese Maxey, who had 15. They were going to struggle to stay in front of Ashton Hagens. Kentucky was patient on offense. They didn't force shots early in the shot clock. They didn't settle for a lot of jump shots. And I think that's really where they got the, got the job done. They got to the free throw line, hit 22 at 25 there. But Tennessee, you know, we've last you know last night Tennessee's offense was certainly great, but we've talked a lot on this and both written about a lot how much Tennessee's offense has struggled this year. But in that Kentucky game, it was really the offense that kept them in it. You might not think that just by hearing 64 points, but the second half Tennessee gets that lead, cuts that lead to four with about 10 minutes left. Kentucky takes a timeout, and the next eight possessions Kentucky scores. And you would have told me that before. I would have thought, man, Tennessee's going to get run out of the gym. But at the end of that, when Tennessee finally got their stop on a ninth possession, they were down by five points with two and a half minutes left with a great chance to win. So kind of a long-winded way to get to it. How, what, how much better is Tennessee getting on offense, and how are they having more success in that end? I think it just takes practice. I think the biggest thing that killed uh, the Vols in the Kentucky game is you look, they were long periods – where the guards did not play well at all, where it was pretty much all Pons and Folky yep. creating the offense. And you watch, that's when they struggled. And that's when Kentucky started to pull away. And it was when Biscovi and Bowden starting to get back into it is when they started closing the gap. Uh, and so I think, you know, Tennessee's, it's cliche, but they're going to go as far as their guards go. Uh, and I think it's going to be key for them is getting their guards. Because we've come to expect, and we, we, we kind of get, we know what we're getting from Folky and Pons. So, you know, it's getting the other guards, you know, what the guards can do to match up against the other teams. Yeah, and I think you're dead on, and it's just, it's kind of funny to think about because you look back at Tennessee before the year, 
You looked at what you thought Tennessee had, obviously a lot of losses from last year's team. But the funny thing is you felt like the strength of the team would be the guards. Now, obviously, Monte Turner's not here anymore. He's still on the team, but not playing with the shoulder injury. Jordan Bowden not playing to the level that people expect, but or expected of him going into the year. It's John Fulgers and these ponds have made two of the biggest improvements from a singular year to another year that I've seen anyone make since Rick Barnes this year. If I did not know, I was skeptical that John Fulkerson had been a 15-point-per-game score in the SEC. He's been able to do that. I mean, last last night was just phenomenal, scoring 14 points, playing with the flu, didn't warm up. Yeah. That was kind of the big mystery before the game is he wasn't out there, and we were everyone in the media section was wondering if he was going to play or not. He was in the starting lineup. He goes out there and, and plays well. And then he's pawns on. I just don't think anyone truly had what a grasp of just how good the change the move to the power forward position would be for him. Moving on a little bit to last night's game, 82-61. It was, you know, 82 is most Tennessee scored this year, going back to the second game of the year they matched that against Murray State, only the second time they scored 80. But to me, it was the defense that, that stood out last night. Arkansas, from the first whistle, didn't get anything easy. What, what about Tennessee's defense was so effective, especially going from Saturday and really last Wednesday against Alabama, too, where they struggled on that end? Well, I think if you, if you watch their defense a, a lot in the last po- couple games, the biggest things have been Pond's blocks. But I think, I think that's covering up you know, defensive gaps that you know, Pond's to fill in, whereas last night you, you really didn't have any monster dump or blocks because the defense was in the right place. You know, and everyone kind of got in, everyone got, got the blocks, got the rebounds. It was very well-distributed team effort on defense, and everyone was where they need to be, you know, which, you know, that, that's going to help you in the, in the long run. Yeah, I mean, that's – I think you hit the nail on the head with the team defense last night, which was so strong. And I thought, obviously, Arkansas's weakness did not very big. Starter, biggest starter, 6'6", biggest guy in the team, 6'8". And I thought Tennessee played them well in how they – attack the help defense. Tennessee, not that they didn't respect Arkansas's bigs, but I thought Tennessee was bigs were more aggressive in the help defense and just swarming to the guards, making Arkansas make continuously making extra passes. And we saw Mason Jones do it a couple times. It was woeful on shooting last night for Arkansas. But not many of those Arkansas guards were good at making the extra pass, distributing, finding a way to get assist instead of just shooting contested shots at the basket. Devontae Games and Olivier Camelot to me, another big storyline last night. We go back, you look at the Kentucky game. Tennessee right now, Josiah James out, so they're missing one starter. Their other four kind of consistent starters. It's kind of hard to say consistent starters with a team that's changed this much, but an SEC play, guys that have been out there starting every game, Viscovi, Bowden, Fulkerson, and Pons. You get good play from them against Kentucky. You get five points from everybody else. Just Tennessee cannot been a consistent theme really could not find any bench help and I'm kind of tossing Jalen Johnson in with the bench even though he started last night but then last night you get good play from Johnson Olivier Camwatt gives him 19 minutes after playing just two at Alabama not playing till the second half against Kentucky and gives him 10-6-2 Devontae Gaines plays 26 minutes last night just six points but seven rebounds three steals making a big impact on the defensive end what did you see from those two guys and just how critical is getting this bench production for Tennessee? I mean, I think they play their role really well. I think they both play with a lot of aggressiveness, a lot of intensity. Uh, one thing I really liked with Kamwa after the game is 
he was asked about, you know, his minutes going down compared to the early season. And he was very frank. He's, you know, I've been playing that great. And, you know, if I'm not doing what's best and I'm not contributing to winning, then, to quote his words, 100% I understand Coach Barnes not putting me in. Uh, and he said, you know, I got to work better. I've got to, you know, work on my craft to allow me to contribute to this. And I think he has the right mindset. I think it showed last night. Uh, played really well. Uh, he only played 10 minutes, but he scored 10 points in those two in those 10 minutes. And then uh, Devontae Gaines just stepped up, played his role. Uh, just a huge player for them last night. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Barnes in his press conference talked a little bit about just telling those guys just to go out there and play. Stop thinking so much. Just go out there, fly around, play hard. And I think you've specifically seen that with Gaines. And that's kind of – he said they've been telling Campbell that too, but he kind of was honing in on it. And Gaines is – He's not a guy that offensively is super talented. You know, he does a good job of getting to packing the basket and getting the free throw line, but shooting percentage isn't great. But he's just how hard he plays. I mean, he gave Mason Jones, SEC's leading scorer, so many problems last night. And then I mean, Tennessee's was it was team defense that did so well on Jones, but Gaines was a guy that had a lot of runs at him and you're starting to see him find a role on this team as a defensive guy, a play hard guy. And I think especially with James' absence, is that something Tennessee needs. They need another guard that can come in and not shut down somebody, but at least be able to stop dribble drive penetration where they're not relying on pawns to block five shots a game. And another thing about uh, Gaines, if you look at him, he's the type of guy, you know, he's a freshman, you can tell he needs to get in the weight room, he needs to yeah. you know, eat the peanut butter sandwich, gain some weight, get, build some muscle mass. Yeah, last night he pulled on six rebounds. You yeah. know, he, he, he was not shying away from anything. Uh, last night, and you know, I think that was huge in con- keeping possessions alive. Yeah, and I mean, he's he is. You're like, I mean, he's razor thin, but he's a guy. He's six five, six six. He's long, long arms. Kid from Buffalo, tough, tough upbringing. He's not going to back down from anybody. And if Tennessee wants to get where they want to get this year, I I don't think there's really anything more paramount than finding production from Camwa, finding production from Gaines getting production from Jalen Johnson, you know, he's Johnson's been able to play at a higher level, not have the defensive breakdowns that some of those guys are having. He's not making the mistakes out there that some of the freshmen are, but if they can get him to be a guy who can consistently give them a couple points a game, that would certainly go a long way. Be remiss to move on without talking about it, but a pretty spectacular week for Santiago Vescovi against Kentucky, 18 points, three rebounds, three turnovers, two assists, and then Last night, a career-high 20 points, career-high 8 assists, and then 3 rebounds. What, what can you say? What, what, what is there to say about what he's been able to do? I mean, he's, he's shooting the ball really well. Last night, he shot uh, 60% from the field, shot 75% from 3, and the one miss, he was 3 of 4, the one miss was one that he shot up in desperation at the yeah. end of the shot clock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very likely could have been a perfect from outside of the arc. But he talked about the game. Uh, Someone asked me about, you seem to be happy. He goes, yeah, you know, you know, I, I enjoy playing the game of basketball. And, you know, I think Coach, I, you know, you can see on my face that when I'm enjoying it, I play better. And uh, he's, he's talked about Coach Barnes. I think Coach Barnes appreciate that because he doesn't have to worry about him, you know. Yeah. Especially with young guys, you got to worry about their psyche. Uh, and that's something that Coach Barnes strictly talked about in the press conference yeah. was, you know, we, we got to be careful about putting the young guys out there because if, you know, they make a bad play, and you see their you see their whole body that could hurt them. You know, yeah. two for two weeks, uh, and so I think that's huge, uh, especially in, in and just 
the great thing is, you know, this he's a freshman, so you, know, you see the potential he has. He's he's going to be quite the uh, star for years to come if if he stays in college. Yeah, I mean. Not only is he just a freshman, but a guy that arrived on campus December 28th. Rick Barnes was saying, we're not going to play him. You know, he's in a red shirt, more likely than not. And then, obviously, Lamonte Turner's injury changed that, you know, the need for a point guard. But I don't think anyone expected him to do what he's been able to do. And the way he came in the first game, he flashed, you know, 18 points, hit six threes, but turned it over, I think, seven or eight times. And you knew he was going to get more comfortable and better taking care of the ball, dealing with the athleticism at this level. But I didn't expect it to be this quick. And I think his last four games, he has, hasn't has turned the ball over more than three times. He's averaging, I think in the four games, it's been 3-3-2-1. Three, three, and you look at his stats, his first five games he played, he was averaging 11 points, four rebounds, 2.8 assists, but 5.6 turnovers. And his last seven games, He's averaging 12 points, 3.6 rebounds, similar numbers there, but 4.8 assists to just two turnovers a game. And that's how Tennessee's going to have to get, how Tennessee has a lot of it gotten better on, so much better on offense is Viscovi, or being able to get better guard play, and Viscovi's just, with his shooting, able to create so much pressure on the defense, and he's able to get into the paint, able to create shots for other people, which... Tennessee was just severely lacking from the guard spot after Lamonte Turner was done for the year. Another thing I think people aren't talking about as much coming out a little bit recently is Jordan Bowden. He's played two strong games, or a couple strong games in a row now. He had 16 in a game against Kentucky, and then 16 again last night. He's having to take a lot of shots to get there, but he's starting to score a little bit more. He's starting to score the way that Tennessee expected, and then he's basically doing everything else right on the court. He had nine rebounds against Kentucky, six last night. He's taking care of the ball. He's getting some assists. What do you think about Bowden's game has changed kind of in the past few weeks that he's more like the guy people expected this year? I, I think that, you know, it's just a big adjustment coming in this season is, you know, last year he was a role player. Uh, and that's not to diminish his role. He had a couple of NBA, NBA guys ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's been called on to do more this year. And, you know, I just think, under that pressure, he's kind of gone under a little bit of slump the past couple games, but he, he's just continued to work. Uh, you know, he's continued to contribute on the defensive end of the court, and and just naturally, you know, through practice, gotten back, his shot seems to have gotten his shot back. Uh, now, granted, he still needs to work a little more on the three. Yeah, uh, wasn't great from three last night, but he's improving compared to coming into this game. I believe the last two games he went uh, one for ten yeah. uh, from three. So in and last night he scored two? Yeah, two, yeah, right. two of seven. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I mean, two of seven isn't going to stand out as a great right. number, but it's t- talking about a guy who shot 40% the last two years from three, and obviously it's a lot different. He's shooting some more contested shots, not as much spot-up shooting, but he had eight threes going into SEC, or in SEC play going into last night's game. Just hitting two, even if you are two of seven, is just can completely change how the defenses have to guard you, have to respect you. So... One last thing on, on men's basketball team now sitting six and five in SEC play, as they got seven more left. Definitely outside looking in on the NCAA tournament. Do you believe there's a path to the NCAA tournament for this team? If so, what do you what do you think that is? What do you think they need to do? I think there's a chance. Uh, it's it's going to be incredibly tough. Uh, you can't have any more no show games yeah. uh, like you had against Texas A and M. Uh, that's just unacceptable if you're going to be uh, you're going to be facing. You, Coach Barnes talked about you, they're uh, they'll have 
They've already had two of the six games, but uh, they're going to play Arkansas again, yeah. Ducky again. Going to have to play Auburn twice. So you know, they're all tough teams, uh, especially you know, with familiarity with a team like Arkansas. That's not great. Familiarity yeah. is going to make it a tougher team because you know what they're doing, they know what you're doing. And Budwell Marinos. If not the hardest place to play in the league, it's right. it's one of Arkansas a lot better. Uh, that's going to be a tough one to go win, even though Tennessee won by twenty last night. Right. Uh, well, you're you're, you're just going to have to hopefully try and steal a win somewhere. Uh, going to have to beat the teams that you should beat, uh, and you know I think a respectable you know run in the in, in the SC tournament could give them could could get them in, uh, but you know it all depends on what happens. You know this uh, this has been a crazy year. In yeah. college basketball, so it's certainly a year to capitalize on if you're not having a great team. Being so, able to still yeah, make a tournament. if there's any year to be like, there's still a chance. This is the year. Yeah, certainly. You know, I'd say, like you, I think it's gonna be hard. I think you look at it. The next two games are the big ones. They gotta win those to give themselves a chance. They go to South Carolina Saturday, a team they beat at home earlier in the season, but South Carolina's playing well right now. They. Starting to play a lot better. Not a great team, still a winnable game for sure, but on the road that's going to be a tough one before they come home next Tuesday and play Vanderbilt. Game you would think Tennessee should handle, but Vanderbilt's starting to show some life. Beat LSU, leading by Kentucky, leading Kentucky at halftime last night. So if Tennessee gets those, I think they have to get those to get to eight wins in conference, and then I think they got to find a way to win their two big home games left. they got to beat Florida at home, they got to beat Auburn at home, in my opinion. I think it's going to be hard for Tennessee to go on the road and get wins at Kentucky, get wins at Auburn, get wins at Arkansas. Those are going to be steep tasks for this team. But at home, I think Tennessee's going to have to play well in those games. And I mean, that's the big thing. If they need last night was just their first quadrant two win of the year. I mean, they have a couple quadrant one wins. They got Tennessee's going to have to find a way to get a marquee win. And I think Auburn's a chance for that. Florida's another team that's going to probably be in the tournament. If you do that, you get those wins, you get a 10-8 in SEC play, and I'll get them to 18 wins in the regular season. Then you give yourself a chance when you head to Nashville for SEC tournament. You win a couple games, possibly work your way in. Still a lot to go for them to be in that opportunity, that chance. And the team that does not look like is going to have to worry about that is the Tennessee Lady Vols, though they're coming off a bit of a, a rough stretch with last week a 17-point loss at a top-10 Mississippi State team. Two straight losses where they haven't played very well. Much concern for this team, or is it just due to rising elevation of the competition against South Carolina and Mississippi State? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, obviously those they played by the two best teams in conference, uh, but you know, prior prior to those games, ten, the Lady Balls had tend to rise and fall with their competition. Yeah. So those games do kind of give me a little bit of worry uh, if I was a fan of them. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Uh, last night they were without uh, Renaya Davis or this past weekend. Uh, so that, you know, that, that, that was huge. Uh, but they just got to keep pressing. Uh, they're, they seem to be improving each week. So, I, you know, I think they have a good shot to do something in the, ter- in the SEC tournament and who knows in the, uh, the national tournament. Yeah, it's big stretch here. I think we'll figure out a little more if there's – how much concern there is. It's obviously South Carolina. I mean, you saw they did the UConn the other night. Those guys are a wagon right now. They're playing at obviously the number one team in the country, so they're playing better than anybody in the country. But those, Don Staley has her team playing absolutely fantastic right now. Three games coming up against LSU at LSU tomorrow night, and then you get Texas A&M at home Sunday before an Arkansas matchup. So three teams that are kind of in that 
top middle of the SEC with Tennessee, three teams that are similar competition, you know, one on the road, two at home. So that's going to be a big stretch to kind of right the ship and figure out how much concern there is for this team starting to head into the SEC tournament. So to recap or finishing things off with a little bit of football news, the, we talked last week about the Jay Graham hire. We talked about the Brian Niedemeyer changing positions and the Joe Osvett promotion. We said we thought Pruitt was going to be done. Well, we were, we were uh, wrong about that. Monday morning, it comes out that Tracy Rocker, a guy who seemingly is Tennessee's Evans line coach, has been rumored to stay and go since about September, basically, when the Vols' start to the season went poorly, is finally going to go. We know He decides to leave and take the same position at South Carolina with Will Muschamp. I don't think that move was much of a shock. Uh, Rocker, one of the best position coaches on the Tennessee staff. I mean, you look at what he did those two years with Tennessee's defense line, Kyle Phillips, Shai Tuttle, guys that were all right players. He got good production from them, got them in the NFL, and then last year a group of Tennessee defense linemen that didn't look like they could stop the run against anybody against Georgia State and not many big names, and they kind of by committee just turned into a very solid group. But a lot of questions about, I think, at this point in his career, Rockers recruiting, prowess, how much he wants to get on the road. So I don't think it's one Tennessee's crying over too much to loss. And they find their, didn't take their improvement along to find his replacement, hiring Jimmy Brumboff, the defensive line and co-defensive coordinator at Colorado. He'd been there a year with Mel Tucker, who ironically this morning is <laughs> going to Michigan it. State after turning that job down. I saw he got offered a nice $5.2 million after his one season as a head coach at Colorado. He went 5-7. and seven. Obviously, a young coach who's spent most of his career as a defense coordinator in Michigan State in a position where they are going to have to throw some money at some people to come to give him at this point in time past National Signing Day. But a guy that, kind of funny, we talked about Pruitt wasn't you know, loving Rocker's recruiting. He's a guy that's kind of known for his development, similar to Rocker. He was that Kentucky defensive line coach prior to Colorado, developed Josh Allen, developed a lot of guys there. So certainly a guy I feel seems like Jerry Pruitt was comfortable with and Second staff move, uh, Chris Rump, the outside linebackers coach, another guy kind of in a similar position as Rocker, a journeyman. He departs for the Houston Texans, and talking about recruiting, he was the guy ready to get out of that, who which I never blame any coach as much time as they have to spend recruiting. And again, a quick move by Jeremy Pruitt. He tabs Sheldon Felton, who was a outside linebackers coach at Akron for a year. Before that, he was a quality control coach last season with Pruitt at Tennessee, a guy who coached outside linebackers before that at UTC, and really before that where I think you get to why Pruitt was one of the reasons he liked this guy so much, a high school coach in Georgia before, a lot of recruiting ties in that state. He knows coaches well, he knows the area well, and you look at Tennessee, they lose Kevin Scherer earlier in the offseason. He was a guy with recruiting ties to Georgia. Rocker was a guy with recruiting ties to Georgia as well, coached at Georgia. So I think he's a, he's a young coach. He's a guy that I think is going to be hungry in recruiting. And I think that, when you get down to it, is the biggest desire of what Pruitt found with him. Another staff opening with the player personnel position. Uh, no hire there yet. But what, what's, what are kind of your takeaways uh, from Pruitt's two hires this week. Well, first off, I thought it was kind of funny with the Mel Tucker story. I, uh, just the other day, he tweeted out, uh, 
I'm proud to be a CU Buffs head coach or whatever the, the Twitter handle is. Yeah. And I heard I heard someone say, uh, oh, this is going to be the next Nick Saban. I will not be the coach of Alabama. And I, and I kind of laughed at him. I'm like, okay, well, to be fair, Nick Saban was a national championship point. Like, this, yeah. th- th- this guy was a defensive coordinator at Georgia who met, lost an action. No big deal. But going back to Tennessee, uh, it definitely by all accounts, Pruitt is a fanatical when it comes to recruiting. And uh, apparently Rocker and Rumpf are not, not – they don't love it the most. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you, you look at their two older older yeah. coaches and kind of the natural development. Of so things. there's naturally a personality clash. And uh, so I think I think everyone's going to be better moving on. Uh, you know, Pruitt obviously got – you know, seemed to get younger with the staff. So I think he seemingly, seemingly – and how quick he found people, that, you know, shows that he, he, he's found guys that he likes. And so I think that's good for the team to find – a staff that you know that has cohesiveness, uh, and so I think this will be better for them. In the yeah, Pruitt certainly wasn't surprised by the departure Monday morning. He was not know if he necessarily knew Ruff was going to go to Houston and Rocker was going to go to South Carolina, but he was prepared for those guys to go somewhere else and was ready with his hires. That will do it for this edition of the Checkerboard Chat. Thank you guys for joining us. You have a great rest of your day.